All right, welcome back. So we have uh, Margot White here joining us for this podcast. Today, we're kind of discussing what is the ultimate ROI uh, for her. And she is an expert in copywriting for businesses or helping businesses find your specific content DNA um, or helping also find the, the theories that devote a thousand, which we've discussed earlier in previous podcasts is those people that are going to buy your stuff, no matter what or who you are and that um, they'll buy all your content. They want to support you. They're your raving fans. Um, those are the people that are going to really help you to achieve the greatest success and as well as impact the most people. Um, this is the lady that, uh, that can definitely help that happen. Uh, she has helped companies already like Lifehack, Microsoft, 404, Adobe, uh, Heads Up so, uh, Advisor, and a lot of other huge companies in the industry. It's, you, you help people find a little bit more personal, uh, the personalizer discover what the, that personal DNA is within themselves so they can communicate effectively. But I'm not going to take up the floor anymore. I'm going to let you take over, introduce yourself, give us a little bit more background about the, or a peek behind the curtain, if you will, and uh, let's get started. Thank you, Cameron. Uh, first of all, it was quite an introduction. Thank you very much. I'm uh, blushed. And it's a great pleasure to be on your show uh, with a person that I consider like-minded like you. Um, well, you, you put it correctly. Many people are just copy pasting their content and um, you know, with all the drag and drop features that we can see nowadays, websites are built in minutes. Uh, webinars are started in, in 30 minutes. Uh, uh, the email marketing is automated so uh, quickly. Uh, content becomes the biggest asset and people are trying to copy paste that too and it doesn't work that well for, for them and they're trying to figure out what is wrong, whether the target marketing is going wrong. Well, no, the basic message is wrong and people are not putting their personality into business and that's where I come in. I'm um, helping and asking the right questions to people. Um, uh, and helping them to define their unique content DNA that cannot be copied with, by their competitors. And that actually makes people stop scrolling and listen to what you say. <laughs> I apologize. And listen to what <laughs> you say. Oh, there he is. Oh, God. Come here. Come here. Oh my god. <laughs> so cute. Oh. Hey Parker, can you see? Yeah, he didn't see oh, anything. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, we gotta love the dogs. So the point is this, even the fact that we both have dogs and <laughs> you know that that shapes the personality of people. And it's buffling to me that many people are opening businesses and trying to copy someone else when they have this unique feature of theirs that they can show and actually attract raving fans into their business, actually create the raving fans for their business. But they're kind of ashamed or kind of trying to, you know. Um, the old school mentality that they have this set mind of what's professional, what is and isn't and that. Um, I think that a great deal... 
a great deal of that goes uh, into those marketing schools and techniques because they're trying to put in a box everything that they that uh, you know they they're trying to create uh, the list uh, you know the era of marketing people but you cannot put some things in a box you cannot put your personality in a box and uh, that's why we have so many uh, messages that look like Tony Robbins' message, that look like, uh, I don't know, uh, the same digital marketers' messages, right? Because people don't know any better. They're copy-pasting what they think they're, that works, but that works for Tony Robbins uh, and what works for him doesn't necessarily will work for you. Yeah, people, people actually can get fake uh, online more than ever before because, in, in, you know, uh, 10 or 15 years ago, it was enough to just go online and you were a star. Right now, even after 2020, there are so many people, uh, you know, again, going back to drag and drop features, everybody can open business right now. And as Charles Dickens would put it, it's the best times and the worst times. And I would add for opening business online, because uh, there's so much content out there, no one asks themselves, almost no one, 99% is a noise. And no one asks, so what? So why, why should my prospect or customer care? They just share this content because it's free and they don't pay attention to the fact that uh, they have these mixed messages here and there. So when you develop the elements of content DNA, you avoid that and you actually are consistent in your message and you don't go back and forth and don't confuse your prospects and customers and you take care of everything that goes out under your name. What is your why behind business? What what makes you take? What made you get passionate about this or determine like this is what I want to do? Well, uh, four years ago, I had to start from scratch because I lost my business. I lost it. I didn't go bankrupt. I lost it because of governmental regulations that came in, and my business just you know was not relevant. So I had to close it, and I spent probably a year uh, in. Oh, that was five years ago already then. I spent a year in, uh, you know, kind of in a not very good condition because um, I didn't know whether I wanted to start business again. I'm sorry. So uh, by the end of the day, uh, I went into things that uh, I loved uh, doing the most, which is actually writing and uh, creating content and all this stuff. But I started doing that for money. So I first worked with, uh, let's put it this way, average clients, okay, this, uh, you know, middle-sized companies, because I, by that time, I already had like 10 plus years of experience in business. I knew what I was doing. And I started with uh, mid-sized companies, but then I, and I started asking these specific questions that I put in content DNA. And they were like, oh my God, I never heard of that. Oh, I didn't think of that that way. And I thought, okay, that happens sometimes that you don't ask yourself this question. But when I started working with Fortune 500 companies and they told me the same thing, I was like, okay, something I, I'm on, onto something that no one else is. And there are companies who worked with many, many copywriters before me and many specialists. And there are things that no one asked them and no one developed the strategy that I did that actually worked and converted into money. So I decided to turn that into business and basically up till now, uh, for, 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 for today, I stopped working as a copywriter. 
for quite a while and I'm just developing strategies and consulting my clients. That's pretty much it. And sharing the information because information should be shared for free, guys. Everything, uh, like I'm, I'm like an open book, really. I don't uh, uh, hold on to my information. I think that uh, everyone should do that content DNA because I hope that one morning I will wake up and there will be no narcissistic emails in my email box. <laughs> Maybe I can contribute to that. Things that life is a continuing journey of mastery, right? I don't think that any of us even that have worked at, at, at some of the top levels of our industry um, still think that we've ever know everything about anything. And I always die away and immediately kind of condemn the, the experts that claim that they know it, that their solution is the, the one solve all solution because it's not. Um, if we all became the same and if that was the case, then everything would be kind of just shades of gray. Um, nothing would ever really stand out. Nothing would really be unique. And the fact that we each right. have our own personal DNA, our own personal flair, our own personal cultivation of experiences that then allows us to have a very unique mindset. And, that, and like we, me and you come from very different backgrounds but we still can click on a number of different levels because we have some of those same values and that despite our cultivation of experience being so vast and diverse, but we can still add a unique flair and we can still say the same exact message and our audiences both will get or understand two different, very different things out of that message. Just because you have a different communication style than I do. And I think that's so important is instead of shying away from that to embrace that difference what you mentioned right now is actually essential for every piece of content that company creates because just imagine um, that you again drawing a parallel with real life right now I will make my uh, bring up my example imagine you're entering uh, some party and where you don't know a single person and every person that comes to you without uh, even introducing himself or even introducing, hi, it's Mike, and I'm going to change your life. How would you react to that? Even if the product is very, very cheap. Skepticism. So, uh, yeah, I mean, actually, I would, I would react. Some will act with skepticism. Uh, the others will say, like, uh, you don't know me. How can you revolutionize my life or anything if you don't know me? And I think that a lot of businesses right uh, today, uh, they forgot that even when they're selling massive product and even the cheap product, they're selling to humans and not robots. And I, I can't believe that I'm saying so, I mean, such obvious things, but uh, guys, <laughs> this is one of the secrets of content DNA is uh, figuring out that your uh, you know, buyers, they're humans and they don't just uh, need your product. Your product should be great. You should work on that, but it's not the good service or product does not create the bounding experience. This is not why the person will love your company and stick with you forever. Like imagine if you will uh, go, for example, to a regular buyer who's buying just apples, uh, I don't know, somewhere in the store. Mm. 
and tell him, hey, listen, there's a better apples in, in the nearest so story. He will ask about the shape and price and so on and so forth. But if he has the bounding experience with this specific store or this specific so, something, you know, that goes way beyond the product and the quality and so on and so forth, then he will, the raving fan will say that, I'm never going to change this store to anything else, even if another product is better. So what I'm trying to say here is businesses nowadays are so focused on their product and its price that they forget that the value and the long-term cooperation lays way beyond that, way beyond your product. And that's exactly what your content should be reflecting. And that's why it's it's called content DNA. I called it content DNA because it cannot be repeated. It uh, has the part of you, the part of your experience that you are not afraid to share. And that resonates with your audience and your customer avatar that should be clearly defined by by you. How do you, I guess, help people find that, that content DNA, um, and how do you know that something is that gets in alignment with that that content um, that DNA of, of themselves? Uh, so content uh, actually DNA consists of three elements, and so does content DNA in my case, which is you and your business, your customer avatar, and your unique message. Um, and we start with you and your business because that's that was what defines your customer avatar and your message in the future. And it's all, all highly, the reason why I called it actually the DNA, because it's the same, it's tightly connected to each other, three elements in one. And without the single element, others do not work. So we start with you and your business and define your strict criteria. We need to shape your personality and things that you stand for and you don't stand for. Uh, Again, many businesses, they're trying to avoid that uh, stage. They're trying to be good for everyone and they end up being good for no one. You should have your very strong beliefs. You you should be able to state them. Well, uh, it's questionable whether they should be in terms of uh, politics or something like that. They They should not be about that, but you should be able to answer the question whether you like the pastor or not, you know, and you should state it in your content uh, and the pasta lovers will love you for that and the pasta haters will hate you for that but the reason why you state it is because this is what creates the bounding experience between you and pasta lovers and you will attract lots of people who do that so we first define your business then we go to customer avatar It's a very complex thing to define the customer avatar. We don't have a week (laughs) to describe that and work on that on this podcast. But um, let me put it this way. You need to describe the person you don't want for your business first before you describe the person you want for your business. And we talked about that before, and I will repeat that, that... um, when you reject people, not based on the criteria of money only, you should have the criteria of uh, uh, how do you see your um, 
you know, the person that you don't want to work with. For example, for me, even if the person can afford my services, I will never work with the one who doesn't have a clear why he get, got into business. If the person got into business for money, he's not my client. I'm sorry. I cannot help them. It's not like my personal beliefs, but I think that I will not be able to do my best for those clients and I cannot make things up. I just can, you know, uh, ask the right questions and get it out of them. But if there's nothing in there, I will not be able to do that. So if this client will pay me double fee, I still will have to reject him. And uh, this is what makes my clients special because they know if they, if they get in, in, in my club, they all have the whys and they all become friends. And it's so, so hilarious because they have this bounding experience with real entrepreneurs, not just businesses, entrepreneurs who get connected to each other. So I've created this kind of community and you can create that too. You will have to reject people that do not fit your anti-avatar oh i'm sorry uh who fit your anti-avatar profile but you can't even imagine the amount of love that you will get from the clients that are your customer avatars so again lots of businesses they um they are afraid of losing the audience and by the end of the day they uh, end up attracting no one and uh so this is a not uh, the way to do business nowadays, especially when you're a st startup. And the third thing is the unique message. But I think I'll get to the to it when you ask your question. <laughs> I, I feel like you get one, <laughs> you have one. So go ahead. You're you're hitting the nail on the head in a lot of regards, um, especially in a lot of people that will ask. I, I already know the question that a lot of people are going to say is, well, what's um, like why, like it's easy for you to say that you can just say no to certain clients because you're at a at a state in your life where you've achieved a lot of success, if you will. When I was doing the work out of kind of desperateness and not because I kind of had to take every and any job that came across my plate. Um, yes, it did teach me some valuable lessons. Uh, and those lessons were, were, were very valuable to me at that time. So I'm not saying that necessarily it's always a bad idea, but the key is, is if you can learn that some business is not worth, just not worth it at all, um, that it's just not worth the headache. And um, by rejecting those clients, you then enable or free up yourself to get those clients that will pay you better, that will give you less grief or anything else because some of the biggest inhibitors for my growth was holding on to clients that were paying me pennies, you know, maybe it was $20 or even $200 a month, but they were eating up, you know, 40 hours a week and basically making it where they were not taking up, like allowing me to excel or grow or anything else. So those clients that are always the headaches and that if you start getting those vibes that where they're already nickel and diming you, they're already trying to be cheap. They're already trying to uh, haggle or negotiate that. That's usually a very quick sign that they're just going to be a difficult customer. And I think we're all difficult customers to somebody um, until we see value in that service, right? Um, mm -hmm. So I think part of this DNA- and Even after that. <laughs> yeah, and part of the finding the avatar okay. and that is understanding like who that client is and what stage it is. Um, so I did this podcast because there's still 
is people that need to get some value that still need mm-hmm. help and so forth. But I understand fully that they're not going to be able to give me any amount of money that necessarily would be worth it. And I already know too, that if they did give me that money, it's putting them at a disadvantaged situation where they're either paying me or putting food on the table at that moment. And I never want to put somebody into that type of situation. So it's like, well, look, I'm going to give you some of my you know, best content and resources and stuff like that. So you can set yourself up for success. And then once you get to that threshold or to that and build that foundation to where it's stable and you want to either pay homage or, um, or have a little bit more tailored solution or more hands-on dy- dynamic or one-on-one, at that point, you can pay me, right? Because at that point, I know that your house is taken care of, that your family is taken care of, that you've done that. And you've also proven that you're willing to put in the work and effort to retain uh, some level of success. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's a choice that every person should make for, for themselves. Are they ready to grow their you know, prospects, I'm sorry, their uh, potential audience into their prospects. So there are several stages and many, uh, I think that you can visualize it in coaching business a lot because there's a lot of content that they, you know, issue for free and then their audience grows into their prospects and then they buy. Um, for example, I personally, when I lost my business, I didn't have money to buy any courses. So I listened to podcasts like that. And, uh, for me, I couldn't buy anything, uh, really even for 30 bucks, uh, if that makes sense. <laughs> so I just listened to those podcasts. I remember Jenna Kutcher's podcast and a couple of different ones. I don't know. So they helped me a lot. And I thought that, Hey, um, you know, I'm going to do the same thing when I get back on track. And I always knew that I was because you cannot just, you know, erase all that experience from your head. It was just a matter of time. But uh, I think that you should uh, give out the value for free because it's your legacy, because someone once uh, gave that value to you and maybe you don't even remember it, or maybe you do, but this is your legacy too other people that's why i for example i don't have cheap products i give give out everything for free and then there is a premium product that you know uh, general people cannot afford and they don't need it uh actually unless you're a company okay so uh i'm I'm more than happy with sharing and i love that people are sharing information but i believe that this is a lot of work and people should be uh, aware of that that you should be consistent in your content if you're stepping on that path and your content once again should also be consistent in terms of who your avatar is because you cannot attract every single person but sooner or later your audience will uh, kind of filter you know, your content will filter the audience and keep people who are same mindset with you, even they, if they cannot afford your product, they will, you know, will be able in the future and you will be on top of their mind because they have this connection with you. Mm-hmm. So once again, this is the decision that each and every business owner should make. Some of them uh, are not ready to grow their audience. I, I'm surely not. I'm more than happy to, uh, you know, give out information for free, but I'm not ready to grow the audience to my level because uh, not at the moment, at least. I mean, to the level of my business, obviously. 
but uh, this is a, this is the way and the path to massive business. So if you want to build a massive business, that's obviously a thing that you should do. You should grow your audience to the level of your prospects. So you're really on the right track. Cameron. Your content DNA is in a lot of aspects, your brand. Um, it, a lot of it is kind of how you're emulating, how you're connecting, how you're, um, but it's, it's finding things that coincide with kind of the root uh, basis of who you are, as well as where you're going. Yeah. It, uh, your content, your content should have the past and the future. That's, that's absolutely true. What you said. Um, so that's yeah. where I think is, is kind of that delicate balance. Again, when you're first starting, yes, just at least form that habit, at least be able to do some of that stuff. So you know what it is and you also understand it. So that way, when you communicate with, with, with you or whoever, they want to work with as far as content or strategy or anything that they can communicate that effectively and say, okay, this is what coincides with me. This is what resonates. And this is what, what I would like to portray. And this is who I'm trying to connect with. Uh, these are the people Actually, that you, you're quite correct. There are many people who are procrastinating on creating co their content consistently. And the beauty of this system of the content DNA is it helps startups as well as it helps uh, the Fortune 500 companies. Because when you have uh, clearly defined once again on the paper, uh, all this stuff, the magic happens because you start realizing that you have your message and not just, you know, filling in the blank, what is your message? No, it's not the way it's done you actually figure this out the answer to that is through different questions you ask yourself like what you stand for like uh what is uh the your beliefs about about the industry you're in because there are many people who believe that uh, their industry has trouble has problems and they're going to fix those problems so this is exactly what you should share and the answer to this uh, very very simple questions actually bring you to the answer what you're going to write about and people become much more confident because they realize that they have the message to share and instead of hiring some lousy copywriter for 15 bucks an hour that will just copy whatever Tony Robbins is saying they are creating their own thing and paying attention to them and the great thing is that this kind of strategy attracts really people you're really connected with which I call raving fans not just me it's just the generally you know raving fans thing and this raving fans they're growing geometric geometrically because there are two then there you know uh, four then eight then 16 and so on and so forth so you build uh, the community of people that you have such a deep connection with on different levels beyond your product that you gain this confidence that's one and secondly your clients you know, they get the view, even if there are just 100 people in your community who are liking your posts and stuff like that, but they, they understand that they're having, um, they're dealing with a professional who has all these raving fans who are, you know, actually, uh, I don't know how to put it, but connected to his business. And that is something that uh, explodes your results and, uh, you know, makes you grow your business exponentially. So this is something worth 
your investment and investment of your time. So every time you reject the client that doesn't fit your criteria, just work on your personal brand and on your content and you're good. <laughs> the things that we discussed right now, they can be done within two hours and they can actually impact the future of the businesses and business owners that are listening right now. So it will literally take you two hours. And I, I do understand that lots of people go like, oh yeah, I know that. Yeah. Yeah. I know that. Put that on the paper. Trust me, that makes the difference. And I used to be like that because I have this, uh, kind of identic memory, something like that. Not, not quite, but I thought that I have the opportunity to visualize everything. But when you put it on the paper, not on your computer, please, on the paper, because that's how your mind actually, and scientifically proven that when you get with a pencil and the paper, your mind works in a different way than when you're at the computer, when there are so many distractions, so many things that can come over. Your mind is more stressed because it, it expects email, it expects a message, it expects something. But when you're sitting with a notepad, for example, like that notebook, with a pencil and uh, you know nothing can pop up from there so you <laughs> well if it does then uh it's probably you know crazy but uh you're sitting and writing that down answering those questions and uh it will take up to two hours and it will save days and months of uh learning through trial and error in terms of you and your business define your criteria this is very important in terms of your customer avatar define your anti-avatar you don't want to work with uh, these are essential that people start with. And in terms of your content strategy, before you start building your strategy, make sure that you use the words and phrases that uh, you will uh, consistently repeat in your messages to uh, build that pattern in your uh, readers' minds that, okay, this is uh, written by Cameron, this is written by Josh, this is written by uh, Layla or whatever, you know, so that people would understand that the message is from you even if they do not read the title your, or your whatever, your login or whatever. So uh, you should have your unique welcome message, unique goodbye message, uh, like mine is, I told you before, is hi there warriors. That's mine, right? So if uh, <laughs> if my prospects or my clients get this message, they don't need to read my name in it because they know it's me. And uh, you need to have your unique goodbye message. And in the middle, you should have the list of the of the words that not only you use, but it's just the part of your content DNA that you use more often than others. And that uh, will be, if you put it just in front of you, every time, every time you write something, I'm telling you the magic happens even within this three, um, you know, three elements. You will never be able to write the content the way you did before. And I, I think that's really smart, the way too you're doing things. Um, so like one of our consulting companies, what we do is we'll do like a video kind of course and then mm -hmm. if they want to um, get the workbook themselves, instead of just filling out all the information, then they can pay for that specifically. 
which helps recoup some of that cost and that. So it, it, it still is providing all the value, the content and everything else for them to, so where they can be successful. But if they want to make it more impactful, if they want to engage a little bit further and have something that kind of gives them a full, like, okay, here's my strategy and here's a clearly communicated form that um, to keep yourself organized. Um, Cause I, I feel that that's so important too. And that's why I love using pen and paper as well. Um, and I'll put my phone off to the side because if the more distractions you have. Gee, I mean, there are some people who are very aggressively trying to gain more money per client. Uh, some of them um, just, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some of them just appreciate the process and uh, it's important for them to get the clients that they love to work with. They're, there's not the, uh, no right way, okay? Um, I personally am against uh, aggressive selling. I think that people, uh, I mean, but it's, it's just for my business. I do believe that people in other businesses, they need aggressive selling because that's the only way they can sell. But for example, I was listening to that Grant Cardone's life and I listened to how he tried to convince a couple who didn't have and could not afford uh, his event tickets to buy the $18,000 tickets to his event. Uh, he, he was very aggressive in that. And then they said yes. And by the time that when his assistant asked to pull their credit card, they, they just hanged the phone. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I personally am against that kind of strategy because if the person cannot afford your product. You know, if the person is, feels so desperate and back into a corner that their only option is to disconnect, then that kind of leaves a huge um, disconnect away from in this let's say so in using his strategy but i would not be able even to help him with his strategy with the content because it's not my energy i work with high yeah i work with high ticket products or large companies who sell different stuff okay Uh, and the point is this we all decide our own thing Grant has his own thing. You have your own thing. I have my own thing. And the only thing that makes us successful is when we clearly put our energy into our business and we define it for our people. We stop being faceless and we start being a real person who has their good and bad. Well, that, that's bad for someone, but not for everyone, right? So that with with the good and bad, with the uh, you know flaws and and benefits and all this stuff, but we become this real person. But the problem is many people are afraid to uh, go out there and and uh, put themselves out there because they're afraid of once again critics. But the thing is, uh, the only thing I can tell to those people, because you talked about that before, I want to make the comment on that. Don't go into business. That's pretty much it. If you're afraid of critics, uh, don't go into business because there will always be an AO uh, who uh, will uh, tell something, uh, say something about Like you can't play guitar without building calluses. Exactly. I mean, you shouldn't even care. They should, that shouldn't be even the problem for you because those people, people who have uh, access to you and uh, who do business with you, 
now figure out things with them directly but there will always be you know someone who will say something about you it depends also on your energy by the way i don't agree with the fact that everyone who's doing good things has haters i've for example, don't. I open my social media every single day uh, without being afraid that some hater writes something because it, that's my energy. I don't... Uh, well, you're I also not doing uh, like aggressive social media ads or anything else. I don't. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah, so, you're you're uh, more of the relationship builder and that's kind of your sales yeah. structure is doing that. Um, whereas a lot of people like... Um, so one of the companies or one of my buddies that owns Chambers Media, and he probably does mm. hilarious um, videos and little like spoofs. Like he did a, a video or advertisement where he talked about his company while he was getting his chest waxed. I, wow, I, I love those. <laughs> and he's I would love got those. haters on it and everything that we're trying to critique him and chastise or everything else. And I'm like, you don't understand how genius like what he did was he was able to engage and be able to create something that was both viral as well as informative that you could listen to without it being too distracting. Yeah. Um, and so you always get some and everything, but yes, um, you're, you're hundred percent right. That it based on the energy and so forth um, you will get a lot less and you can also choose not to acknowledge. Um, so it's one of those things that if you engage with it, um, then you're going to get more of it which is also why I yeah. choose. That's your choice. Yeah. Um, not, that, only th not only see, you will attract that, I, I guess, because exactly. people who are very aggressive, they will not find, they, they will not find you even interesting because they will have nothing to connect, uh, to connect with you with. If nobody knows who you are in that, you might have the most phenomenal amazing product or service and everything in the seven C's. But if you can't communicate or if you can't get past that hurdle to where you're creating content, so people actually know who you are, then it's going to fail. Unfortunately, that's just the, the harsh reality of it. Um, well, that kind of uh, brands, they are actually affected by every single, um, not, not brands, but companies, uh, brands are not. And they're, they're affected by every single crisis that happens on the market. And we all know that the crisis, ha somewhat crisis, happens on the market every three to four years. So that's the lifetime of most companies because they don't build a strong personal brand. And when the corporation fails to de deliver the lowest price or the best product on the market. Um, they refuse to know, compete on the lowest price because of that. Yeah, I mean, day, customers lower price, then it's as soon as someone undercuts you, you're screwed. <laughs> exactly. I mean, for example, let's take this no, uh, notebook, okay? Whoever produces it, I don't have personal attachment to that notebook. So uh, if tomorrow they will shut down, that's fine. I will just go to another store and buy it. Uh, but at the same time, there are brands that I'm uh, emotionally attached to, and there are people that are I'm emotionally attached to, which I buy services from. So uh, you have to become this kind of person that just think about it this way. If you will disappear tomorrow, who will notice? That actually gives you a very va valid perspective, okay? Because people are centric, uh, become centric on their um, products so much that they think that they deliver that huge value with the, the, that product. I'm sorry. 
but uh, that well, product that's a good, be replaced. Point. Yeah, so th that gets back to our why. And I, I, we kind of blazed over this and that a little bit, but I do want you to answer this because my why, for example, was um, I came from nothing and I, I never had much of anything, especially growing up. And I wanted to, I, I understood that with my technology company, my main company I have here, every single thing I do will eventually be ripped out. All the systems, all the cabling, everything else will be eventually irrelevant. Um, it won't make much of an impact um, in their lives or anything, um, at least something that will last beyond that person or that generation or that company for not directly really. But if I can build more of this consulting or helping other people, and that, and that is truly um, an undiable legacy that you can leave behind to benefit the most people to do that. And the reason why is because I wanted to enable people that are trying to break the cycle, that are trying to make something of themselves to where they can make sure that they have the skill set, the ability to provide themselves no matter what turmoil, um, conflict, or anything else arises in their life. Um, whether that's uh, a divorce or a huge separation or a huge disability or whatever the case may be, that you can know that you have the skill set and the knowledge now to build up and that you're like, um, and it's got to the point now where I'm relatively comfortable starting over. I, I mean, I, it, everything is discomfort for a little bit and it's not an ideal because you don't get to do fun stuff like go boating all the time or dirt biking or whatever else um, that's fun for you. But I know that if I get thrown on the street tomorrow that I'm able to rebuild it and I can get up to where I was relatively easy. And so that's, that's comfortable for me and knowing that I'm like, okay, great. You know what? It, whatever Beautiful. happens in that, I can pivot and everything. And granted, we do want to avoid that because it sucks. But at the same time, you still know that you can do it. Um, so what is your why? What is what really made this what you chose to do for, for your legacy? And, and it might not be that this is what you want to do your whole life, but what, what made you do this right now? And what, what is uh, your why kind of behind the whole course or, or app or navigation throughout your life? Yeah, that's a brilliant question. Actually, no one asked me that before. Well, um, you know what? When I lost my business, I didn't just lose my business. I had to move to another country. I had to, all my friends, uh, almost all my friends, like 95% of them turned away from me because they were working at my company and that I was, was not paying them salary anymore So because the company closed. So there were no strings attached. And that was really, really painful because we spent like eight beautiful years together. And when you spend all this time in your adulthood, you think that it means something. So I was left alone in a foreign country. And... Um, I figured that uh, I started studying this um, loneliness factor and I read a lot of books about that, et cetera, et cetera. And I figured that most brands, even they don't care about their people and people don't feel that connection with, um, you know, they, they constantly feel alone in uh, online. They, people keep feeling alone all the time. And there were several podcasts, several uh, coaches probably that, actually filled in this blank space um, in my life. 
uh, although I didn't have friends back then. And um, I figured that it's really important when you get connected um, to the value valuable person and when you discover them because they can replace um, that really really uh, that feeling of loneliness even if they are not by your side and they're like miles and miles away and when I started working with brands I made this my mission to create that connection so that their customers would never feel alone so you would think that my mission is to provide businesses with and entrepreneurs with, um, you know, with the right content strategy. But in fact, I'm more interested in their customers than in them, because that connection, um, it's something that uh, makes people stop feeling loneliness, which I believe in modern life we're feeling more than ever before even if we're in the room full of people not to mention when we're alone with ourselves I, I stopped when you when you are left alone and you start studying loneliness you figure out that uh, you start noticing it everywhere in uh, communication with other companies in communication with your you know people in the streets everywhere you start noticing that, and of course, I cannot fix all the loneliness in the world, but with my actions, uh, I can change the attitude at which corporations treat their prospects and their clients so that they would add this feeling that they care about their prospects and not just add it at uh, you know fake level, but I, I, I explain them why they should care, why they should get connected. And this is my mission to um, turn corporations into uh, actually one of the, the source of presence in people's lives so they would feel less lonely. That's pretty much it. At least the energy that I've been getting is that you're through helping other people communicate and with their clients, not only are you helping to set them up for success and helping them to create company culture that is positive and uplifting, because we all know, and we've worked for companies that are very toxic and, and destructive. Um, it's yeah. a bunch of like party house frat people as opposed to like a family. Um, but as we communicate effectively, as we build that, that drive and you've helped them create that drive and also communicate, you're not only setting them up for success where they're building the revenue, um, but you're also creating that um, kind of environment of love and understanding. Um, which then really has an impact that, that instead of coming home stressed out from work and hating life and, uh, you know, being bitter and, and angry and then taking out on their family and kids, it, it has a monumental ripple effect in all aspects. Exactly. Um, and I think that that's important for all of us to understand that all of our actions and that is, we might seem like we're a nobody. We might seem that we don't really make much impact, but I, I promise you as, as you uh, get to see truly how just that one experience or just treating somebody with kindness or respect in that, that really does have a monumental ripple effect. It can affect all the people that they come in contact with and then all their people that they come in contact with. The same with negative energy. Um, and so I Absolutely. always try to choose to emulate. So 
that's really why I wanted you on here as well too is because I, I definitely <laughs> got a lot of that energy from you um, and I have a lot of respect for that um, and you've mm. been a great definitely a great person to get to know um, and provide a lot you of too Cameron thank you <laughs> so much you know that uh, Einstein once said that we need to decide whether the universe is friendly or a hostile place for us because mm-hmm. uh, if it's friendly we will spend our lives building bridges but if it's hostile we will spend it building walls the same universe so for some people it's friendly for some it's hostile <laughs> what <laughs> no 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 <laughs> i didn't think of that but <laughs> I, I had no. to bring up this teasing Einstein said that many, many years ago before that (laughs) happened. But now you know the answer, right? (laughs) I I do see that. So to play devil's advocate again on that, I definitely agree (laughs) with you in what you're saying it in the context that you're saying it, because it it definitely is, is for sure. Like if we choose to see just only again, negative and that, and that's all there's going to ever be in our life. And that's going to be a huge like negative drag and we will never truly have no. happiness. And if we don't have that lack of, we have that lack of purpose that really leads to that depression and suicidal thoughts and lack of belonging, um, which is, is very sad. And I think we've obviously both been in that point at some point in our lives, which um, is the reason that we are trying to solve that. And instead of contributing to that problem, right? Um, We're both trying to always make sure that you have, are taking care of your own house first before you start trying to take care of everyone else's to a certain degree. And that's not saying that you're going to ever be perfect. Nobody will ever achieve perfection in a lifetime. Um, Everyone, I already know that somebody's going to respond well what about jesus um (laughs) (laughs) we're talking about normal people well he was perfect and look what happened exactly he still had and he probably had one of the most controversial and and he was probably one of the most loved people it was a very polarizing person even though all he did was provide care in that you know a lot of people you see I mean, whether yeah. you believe it or not is irrelevant it's the story i think is so powerful on, me too um, i mean I, I i don't understand people who go like oh uh, take sides and all the stuff just listen you know there's a is there value the in the story or not absolutely right? <laughs> absolutely you should learn from buddha. that story like i like stories <laughs> about buddha as well and everything because he emulates a lot of different good qualities um, and that's where there's, um, and even if you look at the Quran and Muhammad and everything else, there's a lot of great quality, uh, things with him. Um, even again, some of the, the greatest monks in that, um, or Bruce Lee or any of those other people, um, I never discredit someone because I want to shove different ideologies down the throat and that. So if your basis of your tribe and that is even based on religion, then you're doing it on the wrong basis because you will have hypocrites in all faiths. You'll have bigots. You'll have all sorts of people that will also justify. And that's why, I mean, we're we're not going to get into huge religious discussions, but that it's not, religion has never killed anybody. It's people using religion for selfish interests Mm -hmm. um, or to justify their own hates or taking things out of context. Because if you actually look at all faiths and that, they almost all preach unity, love, kindness, etc 
Um, but people will take one little sentence out of it, take it out of context and use it to extort their will. And that's what really drives the line. So you get to choose, are you just taking the negative things out of context and contributing to that negativity in your life? Or are you choosing to take the positive and emulating that to benefit other people in your life? Absolutely. You will not, by the way, these qualities of people, you will not be able to change them. I remember the brilliant entrepreneur, Sarah Blakely, the creator of Spanx, she was told a story that uh, when she opened the business and it went quite successful, something went wrong and two men came to her saying that business is a war. And she was like, I'm not going to build my business as a struggle in a war. And she built it totally different. That didn't keep her from becoming a billionaire. What I'm trying to say is that you create your own attitude and you create your own universe. If you're going out there and um, being aggressive and you attract the same people because uh, the person who is not aggressive will find this behavior annoying. Okay. I, for example, I love when the, when I can send when the person shouts, okay. I don't care. Even if it's a friendly shout, I will just close the computer and walk away. I don't care. So I don't attract people who shout. We always figure out things, um, you know, normally. So this is one of my criteria and I'm pretty clear in it. But there are people who are, who go like, you know, and they don't understand the other language. And I get that too. But once again, they will attract people who also go like, you know, we all uh, get like-minded people They're in our cheerleaders lives. cheerleaders and jocks and everything and the people that love that. It's, it's different mentality, yeah, different of. cultures, different environments. And how that, I think, is to tie it back. And a lot of people are like, well, what does this have to do with, your brand or DNA, but understand oh, everything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> who you are translates to who you connect with, who you can gravitate of course. toward. Can you imagine else. if that kind of person, for example, that's very, very essential in terms of creating customer avatar. Imagine a very energetic person goes and creates their customer avatar and writes that he wants uh, the clients who are like calm housewives and stuff like that. And at the same time, he's making, uh, creating, I don't know, uh, videos uh, very aggressively. Well, those calm housewives will not be even listening to them. They will listen to Oprah. That's why by the way, Oprah is so popular. She's very calm. I'm kind of across the board and I, and I know that I will alienate some people because of how diverse my interests are. Mm-hmm. So I will listen to everything from heavy metal to opera, to punk, to, <laughs> um, to either even like Southern blues, um, you name it. And then I will also do everything from like flip jumping, you know, splunking, skydiving, everything else clear to um, doing arts and crafts or metalworking or some other stuff and everything, which is completely opposite ends of the spectrum um, and different skill sets. But that's me because I enjoy diversifying so much and having the cultivation of experiences. Um, But I also understand that some people like, I thought it was funny in that you're like, I don't attract people that shout. I'm like, 
I think a lot of people would disagree with you that are listening because they've seen sometimes when I do shout. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but it's a time and a place. Well, yeah. I mean, even if people in my life, of course, there are people in my life who who shout, but the point is they don't do that with me. That's pretty much it because they, they know they will not get anywhere and it's much easier for me because my mind works. Why do you shout? Because the person who is with you doesn't hear you or doesn't understand you. My mind works much faster than the average person. So I, I'm here every single moment with you. And if you start shouting, that means that I went somewhere else and I'm not hearing you. So that's, once again, it's, it's my issue, my problem. People don't shout when they feel understood and when they feel listened to. And um, so that's pretty much it. Granted, shouting, and that does, at least in the sense that like Tony Robbins or some of these other people that does have to build up the energy and so forth. Um, I, I, I don't know how people, yeah, I mean, that's a different type of shouting, of course, but Tony's uh, actually strategy, once again, do, do, doesn't uh-huh. help me. And I don't think it doesn't help a lot of people who visit his uh, uh, seminars because it helps like for two hours, then you're hungry for that again and again. You need it more and more and it doesn't change. It's like anything. a drug. So yeah. it's kind of a drug. Yeah, that's what I call it, motivation drug. When you, uh, you know, l- look into those pictures every single day, like motivation, like get out and do your work. Well, if you, know, you need a picture to tell you what to do, you're screwed. <laughs> I think motivation is is not realistic in that there's no such thing there's nothing that will motivate you to do things that you don't want to do Um, thank you but totally with you on that there's also and granted when you're bootstrapping you have to do some things that are undesirable but the greatest thing too is understanding um what so things that seem basic to you are not always basic for other people and as you understand that, and you understand that some things that are easy for you are some things that you should probably do the most um, because that allows you to build the most traction. Um, that's your greatest skill or asset and everything in you. And as you do that, then you can build business up through that method and then outsource the stuff that kind of sucks the life out of you <laughs> when you have more uh time than money just you know trade trade your business into your time and when you have less time and more money just trade money for your time that's pretty much it and if you're a very trusting person this is where when you start outsourcing it can be very difficult because you have to have a clear line of communication you have to tell them what you want what yeah. you're looking for and you have to hold them accountable because if you have a very, very passive, again, blue personality, um, it's very great for cultivating customer service experience. It's not great when you're trying to lead somebody to accomplish a certain task, um, which is where it's, again, very difficult. And so it's understanding, okay, if you are not good at that, then find somebody who is good that can make sure that can articulate that properly or make sure that that happens. Um, so if you need um, the marketing or material done, if you're very blue or passive in that, then you'll, your automatic instinct typically is to compliment it and say, oh, yes, this is so great. I love your artwork and everything else, even though everything in your body is saying this is crap, this I hate it and everything else. But you'll still put it out there because you don't want to have that confrontation. 
Um, and that's the people that I would say that you're definitely more of an entrepreneur than an entrepreneur. Difference yeah. being that when you have that big personality, again, you are a person that can lead within a company, right? Because you lead through customer service, but you're definitely not a leader to make sure that it can execute in that. It's not saying that no. you can't become that. I'm just saying that you will kind of be walked all over and you'll have a lot of people take advantage of you um, as a result. It's not saying to, again, be chauvinistic or condescending or anything else. So I don't want people to, again, take that out of context, but understanding where your strengths are and how you can cultivate that experience and how you can build that as part of your or understanding that that's you discovering your DNA. So DNA is essentially the roots, the ones and zeros of everything that we have. Um, and through that, you can all life as we know it, it came into be, be existing. So you might not see you as much, but think of it as you're a molecule in that. And if I removed you from that molecular structure or that DNA structure, the DNA is completely changed. You know, absolutely. It's one that's why, different. that's why you can't copy it and your competitors will not be able to copy it because without your element in there, uh, unless they buy you with your business, uh, without your element in there, it doesn't make sense because all those messages will be fake in their hands. Um, the thing is, you, you brought up interesting point. Uh, you know, it's very, it's very difficult to, um, for the person uh, to uh, understand what is uh, going on in their prospects' minds and um, how to define this whole stuff, but that content DNA is, uh, should be consistent throughout your business. And when you define clearly with your marketing manager, with your sales staff, with your um, whoever you're doing business with, when you clearly define what you stand for, what you don't stand for, and uh, who is your customer avatar, who, what is your message, and et cetera, et cetera. If you're, even your salesperson should know that by heart then you um, suddenly, you know, you figure out that, in fact, you get the job that, well, other people do the job for you that uh, you actually find useful for your business. And if they don't do that job, because I have many people working for me, of course, I sometimes I don't get the job that I want. But in this case, I open up my file and I say, listen, Mary, does this stand for this? And they figure out that this was written there from the very beginning. And it's not like in my mind, something in my mind that I'm trying to translate to them, but I have everything written down. And I think that whether you have a big, large business or a small business, it doesn't matter. You have, uh, you have to spare your time. Take a weekend off. Don't go anywhere and write everything down about your business as much as you can one time. Do you think I'm doing that every time? No. I just took a weekend off once and now my whole company works uh, on the system that I created uh, many, many months ago. So uh, I don't know why, many, uh, why people don't do that. They, they'd rather explain the same thing over and over again. But um, I have a long version. I have a short version. If it's a Again, I don't know, freelancer, don't make them uh, read an entire book of yours before they do something. It's enough to make a two-pager, but make sure you put there the most important stuff about uh, your business, your content DNA, and uh, you will be surprised how, if the person has read it and uh, understood it, 
you will be surprised how the results will uh, change in a positive way. I think so much value that you can provide here on a number of different topics. And, that, um, and I definitely think that um, they, they, if you've gained or actually been able to listen through this whole thing, then you've gained a lot of value <laughs> and understanding that uh, on the importance of kind of that communication and just being true to yourself right? and yeah. really what it makes up to your DNA and not be ashamed of it. I mean, there is no such thing as perfect art, if you will. Everybody is different painting. Everybody has a different aspect um, in our lives and that and things that resonate with different people. Um, different art is art and also is subjective to the beholder. Um, there's no difference between a $10 painting and a $5 billion painting except for what a value that somebody is deemed or put onto it. So if somebody isn't valuing you or seeing you as that painting, that means that you are talking to the wrong people. Um, but as you put yourself into a constant state of progression and understand that as you're growing and that it allows you to build other people that are growing and that's what really helps you to make monumental strides in your life. I think that is a kind of a core universal element or rule that needs to apply that you need to be in a state of progression as opposed to degradation. Um, and that's really the only key because every art painting, everything else, and that um, is kind of progression. It's adding to it, adding to layers to the artwork, and that, and, but understanding also when an artist is done because um, if you look at it again, any painting whatsoever, all of it has flaws that to the artist and that seems like a monumental flaw, but they also understand that those flaws are what make perfection, what add beauty, what add depth to everything else. Because if everything was perfect, every painting was perfect, every art piece, content, um, so forth that we put out there was perfect, then everything would be the same and there would be no beauty or diversity. Um, so I, I definitely think that embracing that differences, those flaws and everything else, what makes you tick in that is you embracing your artwork, you embracing the painting that you are, and then just finding the DNA or being true to that DNA and finding the tribe is just a matter of you um, finding that, that purpose, that sense of belonging, um, which then sets a monumental, stable foundation for you to grow, to build the business, to to provide better service for your clients. So it's a win-win. Uh, as you take awesome. care of yourself, you're then enable yourself to take care of others. So, absolutely. Uh, well, is there anything else that you would like to add, kind of as, as a closing remark? In that, well. Um... I would love to add the fact that people who have, I, I hate to sound like Gary Vee, but you will need to have empathy to <laughs> build the right content DNA. You actually need to get in your prospect's shoes. And um, once again, I, I think that although we dropped a lot of bombs here in this episode, both me and you, Cameron, but I think that the biggest takeout uh, would be 
give your prospects every one of their thoughts. And coming out from there, you will figure out the, the work that you need to do in order to figure out those thoughts. So um, it was quite a ride, <laughs> this episode. Actually, emotional, by the way, because uh, on the podcast I've been up till now, no one asked the personal questions like you did. So thank you very much for doing so. I guess that's why your podcasts are so great and so interesting to listen to because younger people's sides that probably no one else sees. So thank you very much. You're a wonderful host of the podcast and I really think that you will be an amazing entrepreneur now and in the future as well. Well, you're too kind. And I, I just, I don't tend to have a filter, which leads me to asking a lot of questions that most people would find uncomfortable. But at the same time, I understand, I understand that it is uncomfortable for some people. Um, but the reality is, is I want to help people understand that our flaws and our unique and some of that pain are some of our greatest assets. The only thing that changes, whether it's an asset or an anchor, is how we're utilizing it. Um, if you're using uh, a piece of iron and that, it can be an anchor, it can be a, a tool, it can be whatever you want it to be. The only determiner is who is forging it and who is making it into that. Um, it doesn't, and you can always remold an anchor into something that is producing an asset um, and then enables you to, to build or build other things um, like skyscrapers as opposed to just um, weighing you down and dragging you under the surface. Uh, and that's really what I've tried to at least capture in, in this um, and showing that like, no matter how bad of a hand you've been dealt, um, you, you can be successful. You can break that cycle and that, um, that you can again improve. And, and that's truly is, I believe the only gift that I, I think is a undying legacy. Um, so, so that's kind of, again, goes back to my why uh, and why I, I wanted to, to do this and provide that environment to, to really get out some of that vulnerability and that. And so I, appreciate you also being so transparent and being honest and let, let the people know where to find you or to, um, where to connect with you it, if they want to. I'm at Min Marketer on uh, Instagram and I'm Margot White on LinkedIn. So please join. I have lots of content and I don't sell anything. So I'm perfect. <laughs> I'm a perfect, uh, you know, uh, influencer, if you may say so. Um, You'll find great content there if you would like to learn the daily tips and tricks on copywriting, Joanne. Again, uh, awesome. So find Margo on LinkedIn, uh, Margo White, and then also uh, you can... Admin Marketer on LinkedIn. Cameron, thank you so much. It was beautiful, wonderful, and I will be happy to promote this episode on all of my platforms. Thank you so much for inviting me and uh, for that wonderful conversation, for opening up and telling your story as well. So it was really a friendly conversation. I don't know, maybe a large audience is listening to us right now. I mean, 
to this episode, but it was a friendly conversation. Like, um, please like, share if you can think that it will provide value. Um, I would also like to know what was the most valuable portion for you. What was the most tidbit of gold that that helps us um, as creators be able to see what re resonates and what you guys would like to see more of, um, and also how to to help you in your own personal trials and that. So. Um, you can also look at the Consult ROI Facebook group and that um, where we are going to start doing uh, groups where if you would like to ask personal questions to some of the amazing people like Margo here, you can do that um, and be more involved in that and you will actually get all of this content and this live stream before anybody else. So that's oh. a huge, yeah. awesome. I'll join. All right. <laughs>